Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. We are continuing our Roots series where I have gone back and I have pulled some older episodes for us to listen to. And you will hear that the quality is not as good. Even my ability to communicate is not as good, but the content is really good. And so in this episode, it's part of our Desires of the Heart series that I did at the very beginning. And I'm talking about the desire that we all have for affirmation and what that looks like when we lean into the identity of God as our Father and how He affirms us. I share a couple of sweet stories of something God did for me personally, and I pray it blesses you. I pray that you had a great week, that you were able to kind of just take some things to God that you were feeling that your heart was burdened with. I've been praying that all week for you and just hoping that you could sense God's Spirit, just validating that you were heard and that He loves you. Today, we're picking up with week two of the Desires of the Heart series, and today we're looking at affirmation, so the desire to be affirmed. I think this one for me, again, like most of these, probably for most of us, goes back to childhood for me. I have always been a kid that worked really hard to get good grades. It's even now in graduate school, sometimes difficult for me when I get anything below an A+, even a regular A+ is a struggle. And my husband, who is the opposite in school, really just is like anything a C above or above is fine. So, you know, this is something that was deeply ingrained in me from a very young age. And I remember one year I was in fifth grade and I worked really hard that year to get straight A's on my report card. And for me, the academics was not the problem. <laughs> it was the conduct. I don't know if you guys had that, but when I was little, we had conduct grades, which was how much you talked. And I always got in trouble for talking too much. I don't know why, but I would, I mean, I knew I even had to have my desk moved out into the hall because uh, in first grade, I talked so much that the teacher just got so frustrated with me. She put my desk outside in the hall and I had to like look into the classroom to hear what they were saying. She didn't want to hear me talking that much. And now that I think about it, I probably need to do something with that. I need to kind of process that a little bit. Anyway, this year I decided it was like fourth or fifth grade to get straight A's on my report card because my dad had made me a promise. If I worked hard and got straight A's, he would take me to any restaurant I wanted and my parents, back in that day, there was like these contests on the radio and you could call in if you were the 14th caller or whatever it was, you would win a prize. Well, my parents won this limo package where they got a limo for the whole evening and it would take them to whatever fancy restaurant limo was included in the package and they just had the whole night out on the town. And when that happened, they went to a really fancy restaurant 
called the Elephant Bar. And the thing about the Elephant Bar was included in your meal was this ice cream sundae that was described to me as the size of a human head. It was that big. And multiple people, you know, this is pre-COVID days, would eat out of the same trough of ice cream. And being a little kid, that just sounds like amazing to me. And so when my dad said he would take me to any restaurant I chose, that's the one I said I was going to do. And he said, okay, well, you get straight A's and we'll go just the two of us on a date night to celebrate. And my dad never did stuff like that. I mean, never. Most of the time, in all honesty, I just was ignored by him. So this felt like my moment. And I got to the end of the school year and I proudly took him my report card and I was not met with what I wanted. Instead, it was like being splashed with a bucket of cold water. His response to me was, I never said that. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, what? Of course he did. That's why I worked so hard for the entire last year, obviously. And instead of riding my bike after school with the neighbor kids, I was studying maps for social studies because I was really bad at social studies. I still am. Thank God for GPS. But every night before and after school, I was studying, I was reading, I was going over my spelling words, and I was working really hard because I was going to earn time with my father. And surely after fulfilling my part of the obligation, he would fulfill his. And I just still remember those words. They sting my brain still. He said, you're so selfish. You would rather make me spend money on just you instead of our whole family. And even now I can just feel my little fifth grade body, my heart racing, those hot tears forming. We never went out to dinner. And in fact, as an adult, I still have never visited that restaurant that I picked out to celebrate because it was that special place that I was going to go with my dad. And it's closed now. It doesn't even exist anymore. And driving past it, even last week we drove past it, I could feel a physical, visceral reaction in my body as we drove past it. There's obviously some hurt there. And I learned something that day that I've carried with me through to adulthood. I would never be able to work hard enough to get my father's attention. As an adult, that thread has been deeply woven into the culture of my life. And if I'm honest, even my relationship with God. I've always been a hard worker and rarely have I had just one paid job at the time. As a kid, at even the age of 13, I worked at a bingo hall. Don't judge me, but I worked at a bingo hall because I liked old people and you can make bank. Well, at least for when you're 13, $200 is bank when you're 13. And then I also had a paper route and I worked at a little cookie shop and I was probably not legally. I don't know if I was legally allowed to even work at that age, but back in the 80s, nobody cared. And so I had three different jobs, and then I would also pick up odd jobs here and there working for people. Part of that was so I had money to buy clothes and food and stuff like that. But some of it is just because I like being busy. I like being productive. And I've always just kind of lived with this sense of every moment of every day, there is just this opportunity to make an impact eternally and that every moment matters. And while that is true, 
as an adult and as a believer, I've come to realize that that doesn't mean that every moment should be consumed by work. So yes, every moment matters. And I used to live with this idea that because every moment mattered, I ha- I was responsible to be working in every moment. And that's not the reality. That The reality is, is working 80 plus hours a week, being in school full time and raising a family is not healthy. And sleeping, I mean, I, there's been stages in my life where I'm just like, what's that? I, c- I can sleep when I'm dead. And th- that's just not been my mentality for most of my life. And so for many of us, we're coming out of this year or plus, year plus, that we have been forced to slow down. And so for me, that became a season to reflect on the reality of how I was living my life. And despite the fact that I was not working nearly as hard as I had in previous seasons, and I was able to kind of rest and take Sabbath, the voice of the Father became more and more clear. It was as if all that time I had spent trying to earn time with my Father was keeping me from Him. It wasn't until I slowed down enough to listen that I could hear this echo of His voice that I was loved, that I was cherished, and that I was his. In case you didn't know, let me be the one to share something with you. You are loved immeasurably by a God who sees all of your work. He recognizes everything you are doing. And while I do not doubt that everything you are doing is amazing, it's not what will earn you time with your father. Friend, there is absolutely nothing we could ever do that were earnest that. Instead, it's this gift of grace that he gives us simply because we are his child and he loves us. One of my favorite verses is from 1 John chapter 3. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That word lavished, if I'm honest, I don't really use words like that very often. I guess more so now than I did when I was younger. And so I had to look that word lavished up. And this is not Greek etymology or anything like that, because honestly, I haven't done a word study on this verse. But in my young mind, what I found is that word lavished, at least in our English language, comes from an old French word called lavas, which meant torrent of rain. And I don't know about you if you've ever been stuck in a torrent of rain, but I have multiple times, in fact. Sometimes in situations where it's fun and we can dance and play and laugh in the rain and other times where it has drastically endangered my life and the life of those around me. And so this torrent of rain, when it happens, if you get caught in it, it soaks you down all the way to the point where even your underwear is soaked and if you think about that in terms of what it says love that has been lavished on us you are soaked down to your underwear in love from the father there's not one ounce of you that isn't covered in love and that is just a small example of how god loves us There's not one speck of us that he doesn't love because love is who he is. There's nothing we could ever do to stop that or to change that. 
It's this amazing gift that we have through Jesus, this gift called grace. And so many of us, we live lives of striving, of thinking we have to earn the love of the Father. But the reality is we already have it. We always did. It's why he sent Jesus so that we could always walk in this place of knowing that we are loved. And he wants that for you. And you know what? I want that for you too. I want you to think through this week how there's nothing you could ever do to earn God's love. Listen to me. Nothing. There's nothing you could do to earn God's love. And there's nothing you could do to remove God's love. Nothing. Because love is who he is, and loved is who you are. As we work through some of these desires, I know it's hard, and there may be a sense that you're disconnected from some of this content, that some of these things just don't apply to you. If that's the case, I want you to reach out, because I would love to pray with you. Honestly, though, you don't need me to pray. God is already longing for you just to talk to him about it. And to ask him to make these things a reality in your own life, to experience him in a very real and tangible way. What ways do you strive to earn time with God? Or how does it make you feel to think that you're loved because of who God is? And can you believe that at a soul level? Why or why not? Those are some things to talk through this week. You know, one aspect of this I hadn't planned on sharing it, but I think it's relevant. And maybe it's the Holy Spirit prompting it. And I hope it blesses you. One aspect of that, over time, you will probably learn that there's a lot of brokenness in my past, a lot of hurt in my past that the Lord is slowly healing. But when I was young, there was an opportunity that my parents had to go to Disney World. And we grew up with not very much money. And Family vacations, I think maybe we took two our whole lives. It was just not a thing. And even then it was like camping in somebody's borrowed motorhome. It just vacations were not a thing. And trips to Disney certainly were not a thing. And I remember my, my parents took my brother to Disney World and did not include me in that trip. And I don't exactly remember the reasons why. It probably had something to do with school or I was working or whatever. But it wasn't about that trip to Disney. It was about this fact that my parents did not attend anything that I did. So I had been in super involved in music and band and public speaking and all sorts of events. I had done speaking events all across the county. There was, you know, our church hosted events where I was the public speaker for even graduation. There was just a lot of things that my parents just did not come to. It wasn't a priority. And the, the, there's always excuses there. And so when my parents made the decision to take my brother to Disney World, it hurt me at such a deep level. And it wasn't even about Disney World. Of course, I wanted to go to Disney. Every kid, I don't care what age you are, wanted to go to Disney. And please don't email me about why Christians shouldn't go to Disney. Like, I don't want to have that conversation with you. However, I love you, but I'm not going to talk about that with you. This is just where we are. I'm okay. Anyway. I wanted to go to Disney. And so it wasn't even about that. It was about this concept of not feeling valued and not feeling like my needs or my accomplishments or any of that mattered. And so I carried that for a long time. And I did finally get to a place where I let it go. And I've taken my own children to Disney World 
lots of times we have gone to the Knights of Joy, I think it's called, where they have different Christian bands come in. And we've been blessed to have moments where, like, my youngest daughter fell asleep in my arms praising Jesus to this song, Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here, played live by Francesca Battistelli, and just had some really special moments as a family there. And so I, this is not about Disney, so so you know where I'm coming at, coming from. But a couple years ago, I got an email from a friend that runs a ministry and an organization, and they were inviting me to come to speak and train on some ministry topics that, that I they found value in my perspective. And it was being hosted in Disney World. And as I got everything kind of settled away and squared away, it kind of just felt surreal. And as I booked my flight and had all this paid for and had this opportunity to go, I felt the Holy Spirit say, I got you, kid. I love you. And I'm going to take you to Disney. And it was as if my Heavenly Father, who knew such a specific thing about part of my heart that had been really hurting, even if I didn't want to admit it, he knew that. And that was specific to me. And in God in his grace and his kindness took that and used that trip to validate my gifts, for one, to to look at the ways that I was serving him and gave me an opportunity to share that with other people. And number two, did it in a, in a place that would be so healing for me to recognize God's hand and moving things around to give me the opportunity to go. And so that entire trip, my husband and I went along. I taught during the day. And then from four o'clock on, we spent time in the parks and we had such a special joy filled time, just knowing it was a gift from God and it was just such a sweet moment to experience God's presence and healing in such a personal way. And maybe that encourages you, maybe it doesn't. But my point in saying all of that is that we can't earn our time with God, with our Father. He wants to be in communion with us. He wants to be spending time with us because it's who He is. He loves us. He created us for that connection. And so I want you to believe that. I want you to believe that you are loved because of who God is, that at a deep soul level, you can experience that knowledge that you are his, you are loved, and there's nothing that you could do to change that. I want to pray that over you. And as you are praying, I would pray, I would say that I, my hope is that even now, as we're working through these, this series, this Desires of the Heart series, if stuff is bubbling up, and you just don't know what to do with it, reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to somebody else on the She Hears community on the Facebook page. Send me an email. You can get to me through the podcast page. There are so many ways that people are here to help. And so if you're kind of feeling like, I recognize that and I want that, I just don't know how to get there, let us help kind of walk you through it. Dear God, thank you so much that you are the God that loves us, that cherishes us because we are yours. Love is who you are and loved is who we are. God, I thank you that you are a God that sees our need, that you are a good father, 
that we don't have to do anything to earn our time with you, but that we can just simply be in your presence because of who you are. Lord, I pray for my friend this week. If there's hurts there, that you would start to reveal them so that you can heal them. That you would bring to mind areas that we need to have cleansed for you. Sometimes we have this wound that we ignore and maybe there's a scab there or maybe even it's healed over but it's tender and it seems like those areas are the very areas that the enemy likes to attack our soft spots lord i pray for you to reveal those spots so that we can reinforce them with your healing hand and your healing touch lord i thank you that you are a god that wants to reach into these spaces these desires of our heart, these areas that are tender and hurting or maybe even broken so that you can mend them, you can clean them, and you can make us whole. God, I thank you that you are a God who pursues us, who loves us, who sent Jesus to die for us because you're a good, good father. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.